evening, everyone, and welcome to the Legion with Live Stream, episode number 230, the 21st of September, 2019. I am your host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With me is also your host, Brett Hidden Dog Grissomer. Hello, everyone. I hope we all find you well this evening, or whatever time you're watching this, if you're not watching it live, which you should be watching live. You're kind of echoey today. I'm echoey? Yeah, all of a sudden you got real echoey. Oh. Yes. All right. Good job. We're starting the live stream before I say that. All right. So, everyone, Duncan wants a Porg movie. Wants a no. Porg resistance movie. Negative then we could have the Porg the versus the Borg in the Kelvin timeline. <gasps> sure, that... Mind blown. JJ versus JJ versus the Porgs versus the Borgs. Brazil is recovering for two weeks of bronchitis. Ouch. That sucks. Okay, how am I now? Sound good. Okay, good. Duncan says, let me write it. It'll be good. Well, it would be better than... Well, uh, better than JJ. JJ Abrams. <laughs> better than JJ. That's how, that's how it's going to be. Lost was good up until the last season. Last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, it kind of fell apart. Kind of fell apart there. That's game, but loss was good. Uh, what else did he do? What else did he do? He did other things. Uh, he, will, he will go down for... Actually, uh, when he dies, I don't want that to be soon. Just before I die. I want him to die so I can put in his tombstone. Uh, yeah, Duncan says uh, you sound uh, the same. It sounds like you're using like a uh, camera mic. See, I have it disabled. Check your settings, my in, friend. And Windows disabled. Check your settings, my friend. I'm checking the settings. Uh, so, so on his tombstone, I can actually uh, paint uh, a lens flare. <laughs> on his tombstone. Uh, I just wonder, you know, which demon he sold his soul to to be able to write Star Trek and Star Wars and have a hand in writing a comic book for one of the most iconic comic book characters ever. I just want to know. I just want to know. Because if he has a number, you know, yeah. I, could, I could use the money. Just saying. All right. How about now? 10987654321. Oh, I thought you were going to say 867. No. You sound the same, eight, but we'll. Six, we'll show Same. God. We're going to soldier on. Don't worry about it. All right. So today's segments we have He's the Dog, See the Dog about RPG Fundamentals. Stars Without Number. The revised free edition. Introduction. What is now, Star Trek? Uh, well, it's a it's a RPG based on uh, OSR, what they call what the stuff we like, and uh, uh, this is the free edition. All right. Okay, and uh, the only thing that's different with the free edition is there's a couple classes that aren't in there, and uh, transhumanity uh, stats and stuff like that are not in there. But for our purposes, for my purposes here, the story is the same, the mechanics are the same. And I can still make plenty of other characters for, for the character generation segment. So it doesn't really matter. You just don't get any, any DLC, I guess. Yeah, basically, it's 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 a game with no DLCs, but you can still play the game. It's absolutely free. You get the free-to-play so, version. Yeah, it's the free-to-play version. That's right. right. And in Garthon's Compo, we're talking Arrow number three, House of X number five, and Spider-Man number one. Because it just ain't a Garthon's comic poll without a number one. That's right. And the RNG, the Legion Myth celebrates. That's right, folks. It's time to have a little party. And the Legion Myth is there for you. And we'll, it'll be brief, but we'll talk about it. 
All right, so moving on. 2020 is coming. Gen Con 2020 ticket registration January. Activity sign-up is in May. The event is in August. This is all of 2020, by the way. Start planning now. Join the Legion with the Gen Con in 2020. That's right. Not 4,020. Uh, Gen Con might still be going on then. We don't know. By then, they'll have automatic soap, so everyone will be clean whether they like it or not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be there. Why don't you be there with us? We could hang out. We could... We could shoot the bull, but never catch no deer, as they say of the second week of deer camp. No one? All right. That was a no. band called the Youpers, second week of deer camp. Got nothing. You're in that area. I don't, I'll, I don't do that. I know you don't do that. I'm just saying that's in your area. So, but remember, we're going to be there. Hope you're there. Join us and have a good time. Streaming schedule. Elgarian, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Do you shroud the Avatar? Don't forget, also, Mondays at 8 p.m., he's doing Left 4 Dead 2 with that heathen dog cat. He is one bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about heathen dog. I can take it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, terrible. All right, this is the, uh, I mean, terribly awesome. And don't forget, if you're playing Shroud, Shroud the Avatar, you're into role-playing within Shroud the Avatar. RPOTR.com is the premier website for that. And if you need help within Shroud the Avatar, SodaHelp.org, the best website for getting help with your Shroud the Avatar issues, dilemmas, and other such events. Whereas it says, doesn't want to shoot the bull, the Minotaur might take offense to that. That's true. Also, actually, I was, play, I was playing in a D&D game where we met a Minotaur named uh, Mustopheles. Mustopheles. I thought it was entertaining because cow puns okay. are fun. He the dog. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Seven days to die on his own channel, Twitch.tv/HeTheDog. But if you want to see well, that, well, when I'm not uh, rage quitting or salty like I like I was last time, it was a disaster. It was a freaking disaster. So you found more I, than seven ways to die in seven oh, days. Oh, I to found die. lots of ways to die. All of them. Ah, I I just disabled it everywhere everywhere in, in my OS, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I found a way to kill myself three different ways. Kill myself right before the the actual zombies came. So Impressive. the zombies did. Yeah, yeah. I killed myself before the zombies came. That'll and the teach zombies him. just killed me again. Eat these brains, yeah. pal. Exactly right. That's it. Have to scrape them off the ceiling. Yep. <laughs> uh, Monday with Elgarian Left 4 Dead 2. Thursday at 8.30, Empyrean Galactic Survival with Garthon and you, the members of the Legion of Myth. If you have Imperion and if you are a Twitch subscriber, then you can join us on the private Legion of Server, where we are uh, we're on hard, but we're doing very well. We're, I I died. You died. Oh, I've died many times. You died. <laughs> many, mainly to my own foolishness. Like, oh, look, there's a group of Xerax. Rocket launchers? What a bunch of sissies. Like, oh, God, I'm dead. <laughs> yes, you're very brave. Or, I'm, or you know, that spider bit me? Well, whatever. It's just going to turn into oxycation. So what? I'll just turn to hangover and I'll cure that with water. No, that turned into organ failure. Yeah. Yep. That's why I got the two medical devices that cure both organ failure and poisonous bites. Ravenler <laughs> says, oh, wait, he the dog died? No. No. <laughs> like, yo, really? <laughs> Poor Garthon. I don't mean to die that way. It's become a meme at this point, but I'm trying not to die. <laughs> uh, and Saturday at 8 p.m., 9 Eastern, Live stream. Be there. Interact. Heathen Dog. Garthon. Have fun. Like Ravenslayer and Duncan and other smart, intelligent, good-looking, clean-smelling people such as yourselves. Hopefully. Mm. Just saying. And also, don't forget, uh, Sunday at 9 p.m., 10 Eastern, I am playing through Final Fantasy 3 on my old Super Nintendo. 
And that's uh, actually, I'm at the point where I am the farthest I've ever gotten in that game. It's not that far. It's about 20 hours in. But uh, mm-hmm. we're uh, going to see where that goes from now on. Coming into uncharted territory, huh? Yeah, because it is an old Super NES game. It's not like a modern reissue. The game is completely unforgiving. It does not care about your feelings. And, nope, it doesn't uh, care about your fifis. <laughs> it doesn't care about quick saves or auto saves. You know, <laughs> oh, no, you missed that important quest item. We don't care. You just die. Yep, so. Fun game. Interesting storyline so far. Good. Just like Heathen Dog last week. Yes. And don't forget, Max Leo is streaming Destiny 2 Shadowkeep on Leashmith Channel 2. Twitch. www. Very important. Dot very twitch. Important. Dot TV slash Leashmith 2. 1st of October 2019. I found out that's mm-hmm. very important earlier when Max sent me a link and I kept saying, that don't work. It doesn't work. But if you had www in front of it, it works. Ah, good to know. Good to know. Yes, and yes, that was using Chrome. I don't want to hear, well, if you use Chrome, oh, it was using Firefox Chrome. will do it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Force of October 2019, be there. Unless they delay it again, which it doesn't look like. But we'll see. Grathbox is a pleasant gun. The birds are chirping, and a minute later, he's crawling. We're shouting, why do the spiders have harpoons? Yeah, or like, oh, the bird poisoned me. Ah, my organs. Hey, shares. All right, remember, Legionmith, join us on Discord. Watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Legionmith. Get our gear, shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legionmith. Follow us on Twitter, tweet us, Legionmith. We'll tweet you back. Watch live on Twitch. The best way to interact with Legion of Myth because it's fun. We like interacting. That's that's our thing. Yay. It's our thing. Twitch.tv slash Legionmith. Current goals. Oh, my God, look at that. Twitch follower goals. We had a three months in a row, which means... Yep. Which Locked means... In. Next week... We're going to have our big thing. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, Twitch subscriber goal. We had it for June. We are very uh, close. Actually, we've had it for two months this year. Okay, two months this year. Now, Max tells me that if we hit one more month, either this month, October, November, December, then that'll be three for the year. Oh, will it? And he'll count it. Ooh. We're at 94 subs right now. So a so few more subs and we'll have it. A few more subs and, and it'll be it. And then we'll have... a. Uh, then we'll have the uh, it'll be locked in, and then once we get the YouTube and the uh, YouTube Patreon one, then then we then we get to have our big deal, our big big giveaway. That's and I'm right. planning for it. Like I said, I already bought the processor for the machine I'm going to make. But what machine are you going to make? Well, I'll let Garthon gets that. At YouTube subscribe goal, we're going to 1500. It's 1376. That's gone up. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Patreon goals, we're steady. We like more, but we'll take what we can get. Thank you very much. We do appreciate it ever so much. And the follower giveaway goal is next week. We're giving away many things next week to all Twitch followers. Just going to be a follower. Tell your friends. Be a right. follower. Show Just up. Be a follower. That's on it. Twitch. That's all you got to be. Live stream next week. Giving away the stuff. It'll be good. At least at least four games. One of them is going to be Empyrean. That's right. We are giving away at least one copy of Empyrean. So we'll do that. And since you're already a fo- uh, if you're a subscriber, you can then join us on the server. That's true. That's right. So, and also don't forget, uh, if we actually meet, uh, we don't have a skull for that. All right, for no. every goal in 20, we also have a giveaway special for the venue. Games, two cards, more. Follow up giveaways next week. If all four goals are hit and held for three months, we will give away over $1,000 in prizes, including a computer, a Plex server from He the Dog, and epic art by I. Acrylics on canvas. I'll paint an epic portrait of you doing an epic thing. On a starship, riding a tardigrade, sitting upon a throne of burning skulls, it can be you. Whatever. Wherever you want to do. Garthon is not proud or very talented, and you will get your portrait. On top of a throne of scantily clad cat girls. I could do that for you. Boom. Done. Boom. <laughs> 
But that's if all four goals are hit. Then it will happen. So, tell everyone, like, subscribe, comment, share, more gadget, more growth, more prizes, more growth. Everything's good. Everyone wins, including us, including you. Woohoo! Hey, NFL, good to see you. Yeah, Outlaw made it. Yeah, so, you want to talk about that computer you're building, or did I say enough? No, no, it's going to be, uh, it's it's going to be, minimum, it will be able to handle eight streams at once, Ooh. which means you can be watching on the TV, your wife can be watching from from her laptop. Your your kid can be watching from a tablet. Someone, your mom can be watching from her house. Doesn't matter. It'll all work seamlessly. Eight Absolutely. streams at a time. That's right. Minimum. Clucks it away, maybe. Yep. Don't forget, we have over four years of content in the live stream alone. Animes, reviews, comic reviews, game reviews, nerd topics. We have daily Twitch streams. The amazing Shroud the Avatar content. The best Shroud the Avatar stream on the internet. Thanks on the internet. I say the internet. That too. <laughs> With Elgarian, we have Seven Days to Die streaming, which is highly entertaining to watch. <laughs> Thirty-one ways to die every day. Final Fantasy three—that's right. for me. A Destiny two yep. shadow keep coming soon. YouTube videos, live stream segments, unboxing, fundamental videos, team ups, and Empyrean and Left for Dead, and many other things. It is great to be here. So join us. Best series leads with YouTube Foundry. Yes, that was the That's best true. series. That was the best. I I have logged awesome. into STO. A total of three times since they brought the foundry down. I yeah, logged I, in once uh, to update everything, and I was about to do something that I had got distracted. I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling maybe I can get back in. I'm feeling like maybe you're feeling it. Yeah, my toes starting to dip in the water a little bit. I'm feeling it. I, really, I'm I'm waiting for all the discovery crap to blow over. That's not gonna blow over. Ugh, it, that's not gonna blow over until Picard shows up. Uh, Larry well, well, says, speaking of anime reviews, did you see his recommendation? He Discord messaged you, heathen dog. Who did? Where? Ravenslayer said he sent you a, uh, a recommendation for anime. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, uh, I did write it down. It was uh, Black Butler, I believe. Black Butler, no, yes. I'm kidding, that wasn't it. I have no idea what it was. So, Ravenslayer. new patrol system is pretty cool, says Duncan. I'll find out. I'll dip the toe in, you know. So we'd like to thank all of our patrons and our Twitch supporters. Thank you very much. Gary M. Illuminati level performance. Thank you. Sherris, Brian H., thank you so much for your long-term commitments. We really do appreciate it. For cheering in Twitch, Zahn is still the king. Thank you so much, Zahn. Jinsa, Sean Paxlayer, Sean Butts, Synthetic9, thank you so much. Gift subscription, Zahn has given away so many gift subscriptions. It's incredible. Thank you so much, Zahn. We do appreciate it. Twitch subscribers, that's everyone. Thank you so much, everyone. Rating system, half star, bad. Five star, extraordinary. Very, very rarely given out. It has been done, but very rarely. Very. Disclaimer. All right, all right, full screen, full screen. All right, serious, go for it. Serious, serious, do it, serious, do it, serious, do it. Serious. Yep. <clears throat> game face, people. All right, game face, important voice. Ready? The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family a friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Is that dramatic enough? That was good. All right. That was good. I liked it. <laughs> no, there's no giant subscribe button anywhere. Really, uh, so they got taken oh, out. You got taken out, man. Sorry. <laughs> I did not count. Yell subscribe. <laughs> my heart couldn't take it <laughs> oh okay everyone i want you all to link hands with those around you my friends and 
circle the ossel as we all go and remember the things that happened before we were even born. Cast your mind back through your chaotic primal memory stored within your DNA chains to find the secret hidden truths of the inner empires of the humanity, to find the secret origins of consciousness beneath the world. For how did consciousness arrive to those of us who walk upon two legs when it looks as those who swim in the seas lack it so? But those, my friends, is that where we came from? Do we descend from the trees? Did we swim in the seas? Are we one with the bees? My friends, think of it all, for all is one in connectedness. Do we not share the souls of all around us? Do we not share the intellect with them? Are we but the pinnacle of an intellect shared by everything around you, as all of us are truly one being and one guys is the guy of Earth? My friends, I tell you one thing, this is not so. You are one. You are yourself. You are an individual who walks astride the Earth like a giant upon the pygmies. My friend, grab the greatness in front of you and realize it with Heathen Dogs, Tabletop RPG Fundamentals. <laughs> Thank you, Garth. And hello, everyone. Uh, glad to see you here. Today, I'll be looking at Stars Without Number, the revised edition. And what it is, it is a OSR RPG that uh, deals in the far-flung future of humanity, uh, where humanity's rise and fall has happened, and now humanity's trying to claw back to, uh, to some, some semblance of the greatness of what they were before. And if this is interesting to you, well, then stick around because I'll be doing several more segments on this. Uh, this is the introduction. I'll be doing the system and gameplay, and then I'll be giving a character generation. And uh, if you want to see that, you're going to have to follow or subscribe to be able to be notified when that content comes out. But for now, we are going to the particulars of this game. It originally came out in 2010 and got its revised edition to 2017. Now, what I'm doing is the free version. The free version of the game you can get from DriveThruRPG, as you can see down there. Right down there, free edition. Very nice, very nice. And uh, it, it's the same back, it's same backstory, it's the same rules. Um, there's a couple of classes that uh, that you can't be. Uh, there's a, a transhuman factor that, that, that uh, they don't explain in the free edition. They don't even touch on. But as long as you're cool with not having that, you can play the game for free. But if you want the transhumanity, and I think they even have magic in there, which is weird. I, I wouldn't play with magic in this game. Then you spend 20 bucks and get the PDF. Now, I looked a lot of places for the hardcover because 60 bucks for me is a lot to, for one book. Now, it true, it is the only book you need to play the game. So compared to other systems... You need to buy two or three books. Yeah, it's actually a bargain. It's actually a deal. All right. But I'm an old man. I I like my my core books to be 25, 30 bucks. All right. I do. That's the way it is. Don't just wait for Garth and Amish Heath not screaming subscribe through your subscription. <laughs> no, that's that's not happening. Get off his lawn. That's right. Get off my lawn, people. Get off my lawn. Now, let's get into the introduction. All right. Now the backstory of the game starts in 2108. 2108 is a red letter year because that's when humanity discovers faster than light travel. All right, the guy who discovered it, Dr. Tiberius Chrome. Now, I want you to think Doc Brown because that's exactly how the rest of the scientific community thought of, of Dr. T. He was a kook. He would, every couple of years, jump onto the world stage and say the and say like you know I I can turn I can turn lava to butter or whatever and then can't do it and then disappear again. You know he was he was he was a laughing stock. But uh, he spent the last ten years 
in the radiation the radiation no go zone in Greenland with uh, with stolen fabricators and and networked computers, and they didn't as as an aside they didn't explain why Greenland <laughs> why is irradiated. So? Yeah, I mean, I want to know that story, right? I mean, obviously it happened before 2108, so they didn't they had to start somewhere. Well, it's part of the eugenics wars, I guess. I guess. I don't know, man. I want to know that. So whatever. Anyway, uh he spent he spent years perfecting the spike drive. Ooh. Now, what the spike drive does is it pushes your vessel into a uh, meta-dimensional space. It, it pushes you into another dimension where physics work differently, where the the absolute speed limit of the universe does not apply. That makes so sense. You you can go many times faster than the speed of light in this in this meta plane, and then use the drive again. It will push you back down into normal space. All right. And how did he how did he uh, signal that he made his discovery? Well, he. Uh, he put a bunch of rockets on his on his factory, installed a spike drive in it, lifted off of Greenland, went into went into space, and boop disappeared. He came back thirteen days later in orbit of the Earth, just appeared, and he transmitted data from Alpha Centauri that could only have been collected by being there. He then downloaded the schematics for the spike drive with detailed instructions on how to make it and then disappeared again this time never to be seen again oh, good move yeah i mean if you if you're gonna go out yeah you know cute. this that, that's a lot better than just exit stage left yeah, it's kind of giving a big middle finger to everyone exactly exactly so yeah he, he's considered the the uh, got the godfather of humanity because uh you know he he made ftl possible now uh, by the time uh, 2200 came along, humanity had spread to every habitable planet within one spike year. Now, uh, a spike year is is uh, if you travel a year in metadimensional space and come out into back in normal space, that's how far that would be, which so is super liars. far. Yes, super far. Now, uh, he went six days to Alpha Centauri, one day of of uh, studying it and then six days back. So it took six days to go 4.3 light years. Think a year. Yeah. It's like 300 light years. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long way. So in all directions, so that's a radius. All right. And uh, it's been like, it, you get like a couple dozen planets that uh, you had to mildly terraform or were fine from the start. So human humans moved out there. Now this, this necessitated earth to start the Terran mandate. All right. Hey, earth is the central government. Okay, no more, no more expansion without permission because uh, every time you expand to a new planet, you require a sustained influx of resources from all the other planets, and it could put a drain on all their economy. You know, don't expand too fast; you'll just collapse the whole system. Basically, is what it is, and it was smart. Yeah, it was is a smart plan. And everyone's like, "No, you're just trying to keep us down. You're the man." It's like, well, you know, if you want to go to the colony, you can do that, but no one's going to help you. Some people tried that, didn't work out for them. Well, we don't know. We never heard from them again. So they might so, actually be very happy. Yeah, they might be fine, right? They just don't want anyone else to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, that could be it. Yeah, no, probably not it. They, they not found it. the the infinite code to the lottery box of the universe, and they don't want you to know. Yeah, they don't want. They don't, yeah, whatever. They're not telling you. But then came some drawbacks. MES, metadimensional extroversion syndrome. What this is, is uh, 
one in every 10,000 or so children who traveled in metadimensional space, once they hit puberty, started exhibiting psionic powers. Mm. Uh, it could be anywhere from spontaneous mind reading, uh, telekinesis. Some even could teleport vast distances, like from one star to another type distances. It's crazy. They have their own, they have their own uh, spike drive. Just they are that. All right. Now, this isn't the superpower you think it is because to use psionic energy, the uh, the psionic has to channel metadimensional energy through their brain. And your brain wasn't meant to do that. So it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when your brain was going to fry. So you either die or you go irreversibly insane. It was a toss-up. The only way to, to not have that happen is to not use your powers ever. Because you don't know the very next time you could die. The very next time. Now, by the time 2275 came along, they got a workaround for that. Well, Heathen Dog, how'd they get the workaround if no one was doing it? Well, no, there was some shady government crap going on, taking children saying, oh, we lost these kids, and then just making them use their powers over and over again until they went insane or died and studying them. They found a way to work around it. You could actually uh, never stop the damage from happening, but you can teach the psionic to direct the damage to the least important parts of their brain. Ooh, that still sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, no, I don't remember my childhood anymore. But you're not insane, so good on you. That's, that's right? better. Yeah, it's better. It's better. It's not great, but it's better. Now, with, with psionics now being able to be sustained, they create the 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 uh, Terran, uh, the humans, the Earth created the psionic authority. It's kind of like a Babylon Five Psychor, only only a little less insidious. So, slightly, slightly less insidious. They, uh, when when a kid was tested as a psionic or displayed psionic powers, the psionic authority took them in, trained them to use their ability, and then sanctioned, not sanctioned, but uh, kind of like uh, lent them out to government agencies or corporations or jobs, or whatever, to, to for, for the betterment of all mankind. Right? So, awesome. That sounds great so far. It does sound good. Yeah. And then, also during this time, there was first contact with a legitimate intelligent alien species. It was great. The first ones we found were, were what, what they called young races. These were races that were way, way lower in, on the tech tree than we were, like Bronze Age Ha ha, type teach stuff. a lesson. Well, well no, no. Rule them I mean, like we kings. Just, no, no, we, we didn't do that. We're like, oh, cool, okay, we're not gonna mess them so much. I mean, we didn't have like a prime directive or anything, but you know, it'd be like a D-bag move to, to go in there and say, oh, this is my boomstick, you know, or some bull crap like that. So we didn't do that. Which makes and you think humanity would instantly start doing that. Yeah, probably. Probably right. But Someone would. Yeah. Bad apple and all that. But uh, And then there was the elder races. Th these are races that have been around for 10,000, 40,000, some even 100,000 years, but their civilization is now declined, you know, through sickness or natural disaster or just, you know... Social the, decay. Yeah, social decay, stuff like that. Now, with with these guys, there were some skirmishes, but they they did they had higher tech, but they they had lower resources. So we usually came out on top. 
on these skirmishes and we were able to force settlements and treaties were formed and trade, you know, was, was done, stuff like that. And then we found what's called the others. The others are non carbon based life, you know, life that lives at the center of a gas giant or crystalline or uh, ammonia based or whatever. Intelligent now, shades con- of the color blue. Yeah, whatever. I mean, uh, they're, they're too alien to have any kind of meaningful contact with. All the psychics that have tried to have mental contact all went insane because they're they're just bashed with images that they are that are not understandable. Very Cthulhu esque. Just if, if your mind was not meant to know these things, and it just breaks. So we just stopped trying. We're like, okay, you guys are do you, we'll do us. We don't want the same things anyway. You know, gold to us is like garbage to you. So whatever. They, they don't want anything from us. We don't want anything from them. And so that's it. Fine. Just try and stay separate. Exactly. And and for the most part, it works out great. Probably we're freaking yeah. them out too. Like, oh my God, they're all fleshy with hard things in the middle. <laughs> oh, what is this? They're so weird. Ugly bags of mostly water. Why do they need those metal things to go through space? It's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. I could just fly. It's just they're 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 stupid. All right. And then after that came the invention of pretech, sci-tech, and jump gates. Now, pretech is technology created using psionics to get around pesky things like the laws of physics. Those are inconvenient. A little inconvenient. I mean, they don't like break completely break the laws of physics, more like the matrix, like bend them really hard but bend them but this this allowed to be created jump drives that were twice as efficient medicines that adapted to viruses and bacteria once it entered your body so if the virus mutated the vaccine mutated or the medicine mutates to 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 fight it uh clothing that would that would uh alter its shape depending on the user stuff like that really cool stuff right uh uh, lifespans went to a couple hundred years before the brain finally died. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, it was great. And on top of the of the pre-tech came SciTech. SciTech is technology made with with pre-tech techniques, but must be used coinciding with psionic ability. So only psionics could use them. Now this led to the the creation of jump gates. Jump gates. The best explanation for a jump gate is if you've seen Stargate SG-1, the latter seasons with the Ori Supergate, a giant, giant wormhole device in space that fleets can travel through. That's what jump gates were. Jump gates were invented and then set up in each of the core human worlds to where now you don't need a spike drive to, to go to these planets. You don't have to spend all that time, months or years traveling, you can just take a regular freighter, put it through a jump gate, it'll just appear on the other side of a, of a connected gate, and then Bob's your uncle. You know, trade became became much faster, uh, news and, and commerce moved much faster, and it made humanity prosper. Now, but the, the important thing is, you needed several psychics to activate a jump gate. It is sci-tech technology. It must have psionics to work. They have to operate it. 
All right, so this ushered in the golden age of humanity. A second wave of expansion went out. Using jump gates, humans could expand again because the the uh, central government could handle it. You know, commerce was booming, trade was booming, everything was plenty. We can now afford to expand again. And humans did. By 2600, humans expanded to 10 spike years from Earth. Now, I did the math on that. With the uh, with the advanced jump drive that were twice as fast because of SciTech, they could expand to five thousand light years in every direction of Earth. Hmm. Five thousand light years. That's a large chunk of the galaxy. And humanity was spreading all that time. It was great, but worlds began to specialize because of the jump cake technology. There was a world that's just grows food. It's an agriculture planet. Its whole business model is shipping food out to other planets that can't or don't grow food. And then they get in trade things that they want, tech or resources, whatever that they need that they don't have or, or can't make. Well, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, specialization sense. would be the natural evolution. Exactly. Sure, and that it sounds like out. a Warhammer 40K universe. Yeah, in a lot of ways it does. Could be, yeah. Now, uh, the mandate begins to lose power. The uh, Terran mandate begins to lose power because humanity is just being too big to govern. It's like it's like the end of Rome right now, where Rome split into an Eastern Rome and Western Rome because it was too big for one central government. It's getting to be like that. You know, the the outer the outer rim worlds are kind of itching against this mandate thing and 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 control of the central government of Earth. It's like, why? I mean, you're like 5000 light years that way with what? What are you going to do? Nothing. Even spy travel takes 10 years to reach you. I don't even care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, and, and the far, the farthest rim worlds don't have jump gates yet because they take a while to construct. And you have to know that the colony is going to be viable before you go to the expense of making a jump gate. So yeah, that's really the only place where, where spike uh, ships are right now. Spike drive ships. So this, this went on for a while. And then the screen. Now humanity gets headshot at this point. In 2665, metadimensional energy blew through Earth space. Oh, no. It, it took 13 minutes to go from one end of Earth space to the other. That's 10,000 light years, 13 minutes. And what did it do? Well, here's the things it did. It was a, meta, it was a metadimensional typhoon. All right. So anything that was in metadimensional space at the time, like a working spike drive ship, blew up, just died. All psionic individuals instantly died or went bat crap crazy their brain just burned out from the overload and of course that means jump gates and all of the sci tech doesn't now work useless. because you need psionics to run them and they all died 100 percent of them died all of them and they they found out that it came from someplace called the veil nebula but it didn't matter. I mean, you couldn't actually send, you know, there was no response to this. Yeah, there's no way to get there anyway now. Well, yeah, well, you could get there in a spike ship, but in the core worlds, they didn't have spike ships anymore. They used jump gates. Only in the rim worlds, did they have spike ships because they didn't have jump gates yet. Yeah, with the idea if you go there, they could just blow up your spike ship again. Exactly, right? I mean, the people were afraid to enter metadimensional space because it could happen again. And then they just blow up. Why would you do that? But, you know, after that came the silence. 
Now, this is when contact between all the human worlds was all but nothing. All right. Now these worlds start to die off before specialization of a planet was smart. Now it's dumb because you're going to die off. You don't have a vital thing like the agricultural planet. It's great, but maybe this planet doesn't have fossil fuels or has no radiological elements to, to power a fusion reactor. They're going to run out of power. Their, their technology is no longer going to function. No electricity or not enough electricity. Yeah, sure. You can make like air power or solar power or whatever, but it's not going to, it's not going to fuel you at the level that you're used to. And your population is going to suffer drought, famine, disease, not drought, but famine, disease, uh, over, overpopulation, unable to feed everyone, especially on a lot of worlds that did not specialize in, in farming. Say, say they specialized in technology or specialized in uh, resource gathering. Yeah, your giant metal world uh, might be yeah. high tech, but you got no food. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you can't grow crops on Coruscant, buddy. Yep. And then they all die. So, yeah, uh, it was bad. It was it was a giant die-off. Planets everywhere were dying off within months. And the only the only ships, the only ships, the only uh, FTL ships left were in the Rim Worlds. Now, the Rim Worlds fared better because most of them were not specialized yet. So they had to be more self-sufficient. A lot of them became, you know, they didn't fall into, into, you know, the traps of the core worlds. They were able to hang on, keep themselves, you know, prop themselves up and, and, and do their thing. And they had the FTL ships, so they could make jumps to nearby, at least planets for things that they need, desperately need to get back on their feet. And it could happen. I mean, it wouldn't help a core world because jump ships are small. They don't have the cargo space to feed a planet that can't feed itself. Plus, Earth space gotten so big, it would take years for a jump ship to travel from an agricultural world to a tech world, maybe. And they'll all be dead by the time they get there. So they pretty much stay on the, on the frontier and, uh, and deal, with, uh, deal with frontier problems because those are the planets that are most viable. They don't, they don't have the time to deal with the core world problems anyway. Yeah, it's too far away. They yeah. couldn't help them. It's not couldn't their pro- they have their own problems anyway. Exactly. You know, we're trying to keep me alive. I can't keep me and you alive, especially when you is 10 million times bigger than me. Yep. Uh, I can barely I handle have. this. So then it moves on to rebuilding. Okay, this is the new normal. The 600 years later, 600 years of the silence. Humanity is coming back slowly but surely. Some worlds didn't make it. At all. There's everyone died. They're ghost planets now. Some worlds lost all their technology and they went back into not stone age, but at the very most industrial age technology. And some lost all their history. They, they think they're the only people in the universe and, and uh, they've forgotten that they come from another planet. They thought they were born there. You know, 600 years is a long time, especially with through, through great uh, famine, disease, whatever. You know, you get down to a small bit of population and oral history changes and there you go. It's just the world before. Exactly. The before time. That's right. The dark, dark. (laughs) But on a few worlds, psionics are making a comeback. Remember, all the psionics died, but children that travel in metadimensional space have a one in 10,000 chance of becoming psionic. Mm. So psionics started to make a comeback because children were still being ferried every once in a while in metadimensional space. Now, 
they still the SciTech is lost. The 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 way to create SciTech or even pre-tech is lost. But they've they've gotten to the point now where they they've found the, the technique to shift the damage into weak into not not important well not as important parts of the brain. So psionics is now viable as a skill again. Okay, they've they've gotten up to that. But uh, and that's exactly where the game starts. You have to decide uh, what class you are, what character do you or do you not have psionics, stuff like that. And uh, that's that's it. That is the backstory of Stars Without Number. Now, next time, since we've gotten up to the introduction, we're good. We're going to go through the rules and system of play, what dice you use, how you use them, uh, example example of combat or skill usage, and creating a world because this is a space game you don't have to leave your colony but it's a space game with ftl in it so you probably are going to leave your colony and it, it gives a really really uh a cool uh i don't want to say flow chart but blueprint on how to make a world from scratch make your own world what's in it what's Very on cool. it what was there what is there yes yeah, cool so we're gonna go through that and then in the last segment we're gonna go through character generation uh attributes which are rolled not chosen they're not allocated by points you have to roll them just like it's an osr game you choose your class your foci your equipment put it all together bob's your uncle and you got yourself a character and that's it uh thank you all for listening i really appreciate it remember stars without number uh, will be my next segment will be coming back the week after this. That'll be the uh, uh, the the fifth fifth of October. So tune in for that. Absolutely. Thank you, Heathen Dog. You are welcome. So, what did you think of this segment? What are your thoughts on Stars Dot Number? If you have any suggestions for future RPG segments, please let us know. Be a legionnaire. And actually, uh, Sharers wants to know, what do you think of it so far compared to other space RPGs? Well, uh, hmm. Let's see. I, I can't really answer that. I can only answer that as per the backstory. So far, the backstory is strong. The only, the only stronger backstory that I've read is, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the one I did, I had to do two, I do part one and part two just for the backstory. I'm blanking on the name right now. The the uh, uh, transhumanity one. Yeah, I can't remember the name either. I can't remember the name either. But uh, yeah, that that one had a much Numeria. No, no, not, not Numenera, not Numenera. Nope. I nope. think Numenera. I didn't think that was the right. one I did last time. This is before that. But uh, it had it had a, such a rich backstory that that uh, I had to have two segments just to do the backstory. It was crazy. Backstory and, Masters uh, of Orion. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I just kind of like that. That is kind of like Masters of Orion. You're right. Yeah, more Hawkwind yeah. with the big brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a setting where you could find ancient Psytech. All right. Thank you, everyone, for extra discussion. Remember, if you want more Heathen Dog, you can find him on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share to more Heathen Dog. You can find more Heathen Dog segments, his Anime of the Stream segments, his Tabletop Gaming Fundamental segments, and his team-ups and select video game streams. And also, you can join... For anime, comic, review games, member-only chat and giveaways, and monthly Q&A with Legion Myth members. And it counts towards our Patreon giveaway goals when we do our giveaways live on Twitch. And you should be there for that, because it is fun. You can interact with all these fine folks. So thank you again. Be a Legionnaire.
So now, all right. Ready for this? Ready for this? I am. Oh, I muted that. Sometimes you're smart and sometimes you're not. Where Hawkman says they have three. Then in the three, well, Master writes a story about how conventional warp codes are stable due to spatial fluxes. Then in three, they asked the spatial flux became permanent. Now you have to use wormholes in FTL. Oh, mm. Makes sense. All right. All right. Little signal. It's time for Garthon's comic poll, where I ask the question. If you could Will it blend? No, I was gonna say if you could read an anime, would you do it? But no, that's a manga. No, this is reading an anime, and that's what we're gonna do right here. So Arrow number three, uh, written by Zhao Lifen. I'm I apologize for butchering your name. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, the wave story in the back is uh, Greg Pak and Alyssa Wong. Art is by Kang. The wave story is Popmon. Colors by Kang. Uh, backstory is Frederick Oblee, and the cover is by. Say it. Kang. There we go. <laughs> All right. So Arrow's been an interesting read so far. It's definitely been introductory to the character. Uh, last week they introduced uh, Arrow's old tra teacher, who is now she is fighting against. And her new student, who is a master of stone. And uh, so she was feeling pretty good about herself. Uh, right up until this fight. Uh, fighting giant buildings. Find the source with her air powers. Tensing the currents. And uh, so the new student, Keystone, shows up. And she's all, he will not fail me as you did. And he starts using his stone powers. To which she's like, yeah, whatever. He's rock. I'm air. I'll show him true power. And does like the super animated going by him with the air sword. And uh, instead of like falling in half, he just kind of looks at her. He's like, oh, well. And what you got to think, you know, stone usually is pretty good against air. Not, I'm, I'm a layman here. But usually stone's pretty good against air. Just saying. I mean, eventually the wind will wear down a stone. Okay, okay. The, uh, this books finally shows like the first major super super conflict in the arrow series uh, it also starts dealing a little more with her backstory you start getting the idea of how she met and what the previous relationship she had with her mentor how she left her mentor because her mentor decided to start using her powers for evil um but still it's we're still like the previous two issues we're still very much in a character building mode However, it is interspersed through so much action. Even though we're not really getting enough information, we feel like we're getting enough, and it's still interesting to read and to look at. The art style is very striking. It looks like an anime or a manga, I know. But the style of it with the shade and everything looks like you would see on an animated series. The, the characters are interesting. They're not so far super complex, but they're more complex than you would think. Uh, by getting all of the backstory of Arrow and how she feels and her other job and all that good stuff. And also with the substory in the back, uh, which is mainly about Arrow and Wave, Wave being the uh, Filipino hero who she has uh, water powers. And they're learning her backstory. That's written by Greg Pak. Um, the art, that is solid as well. It has a much more Western style to it. 
this obviously is a very Asian style. Uh, it's done by an Asian artist. It's part of Marvel's new program where they're doing some work directly with uh, Asia. Some artists and creators there. Greg Pak is uh, kind of helping translations, things like that. So when describing the plot for what happened in this book, it isn't deep. It's she meets up with her old mentor's new trainee who's evil. He's a rock-based guy. They fight for a little. They fight to a standstill. It looks like she's on the losing end, and that's where it ends. Uh, she hasn't lost yet. She's going to rally back or maybe run. But she ends up back in her uh, architect office because she's an architect. She ends up back in her office through the fight, and then she gains the strength saying, no, I've worked so hard to make this town better, to blah, blah, blah. You know, So we're at that scene. Not deep, but a fun read. Interest due. I love the art style because you know I was stuck for that kind of art. Um, every panel is dynamic. Every panel has some sort of action happening. They're even a scene where she's like walking out a corridor, it looks like there's motion. There's looks like there's movement. Kang does a great freaking job keeping your attention when nothing is really happening. The fight scenes are a little chaotic, but not so much you can't understand them. The writing is interesting in that it brings the character out with a almost a minimality about it. I know it's not a real word, but I'm going with it. And uh, it is a lot of fun to read. I wish the book was thicker so I could get more story out of it. But on the other hand, it is making me buy new issues because I want to keep reading more. So you can't argue with that. Um, I don't feel like it cheated. I love the art. The story's interesting so far. Even the backstory uh, about Wave, it's about a different character teaming up with Arrow. Um, that's been interesting too because you're finally getting to the parts where she's learning like why she was given these powers and the evil corporation behind it. And again, not super deep plot like on a, like oh no one's ever done an evil corporation giving someone powers for nefarious reasons. No, it's been done. It's how it's executed. It's like you don't go to a Bond film saying, you know what? I've seen James Bond save the world with his super gadgets against an evil guy who's out for world domination. Yes, of course. That's every freaking James Bond film. You, you watch it for the execution, you know? You don't go to a soccer game complaining that they didn't start wrestling in the middle of it. You know what you're in for. You're there for the drama of that event. So, uh, it is an interesting book. I've been having a lot of fun with it. It is a interesting series. I want to see more of. I like both stories in it. The art is super solid. The writing is solid. It is a book I have no qualms recommending to everyone. It was a, This issue wasn't as good as the last issue. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Oh, you were talking it up. I thought it was going to be a four star. No, it's just shy. Just shy. Just ah. shy. I, just, I would have needed a little something more to give it four stars. Yeah, a little bit more pages. Yeah, more pages in the Arrow story would have been nice. Uh, it's a fun book. I do enjoy it. I'm not complaining at all about that. But, you know, I just, you know, there's just, it, there could have been some, like, striking re revelation or something, you know. Okay. But more pages definitely would have helped. But, yeah, three and a half stars for Arrow. Highly recommended. There's not too many issues out. Uh, it's not one of those books that's selling out every month because it's so unusual compared to Marvel's other stuff. I haven't seen any kind of crossovers with Avengers or Iron Man or Spider-Man or anything. So when that happens, you'll probably see the popularity of the character pick up, or if she's ever in like a movie or something, that is instant popularity for the book. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it would be interesting, but we'll see how all that goes. So yeah, three and a half stars for the Arrow. What are your thoughts of this? 
How do you think of the segment? What are your thoughts on Arrow number three? Have you been reading it at all? You really should. I mean, you know, if you're going to, you know, buy a book. Uh, do you think this works well as, like, a transition for people who, like, like watching anime but haven't really read comic books? I think it is. I think it works pretty well in that respect. It's a Western comic book with Eastern sensibilities. So I definitely think that's interesting. So check it out. And if you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, please let me know. Be a legionnaire. Yes, got that's comic poll where I ask the question. Could this be any more awesome? It could. All right, so House of X number five, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Pepe Larraz, colors from Marte Gracia, covered by Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia. Pepe uh, Larraz, he's, he's my favorite. Pepe my favorite. is awesome. I love Pepe Larraz. And Jonathan Hickman is making some really big ideas in this these books. Do they pay off? Let's talk about it. <laughs> All right, so this whole series has been... Uh, what's a good way to put this? The most genteel way I could think of this. Um, crazier than a springed banana. All right. It's freaking insane. It's trying to be a super deep, super complex thing. Rewriting the origins of the Marvel Universe. Uh, a lot of the things that people are saying about this book is that it takes uh, the Fabio Medina, the minor league mutant called Gold Balls, who... We actually talked about when we were talking about Miles Morales Spider-Man because for a while he was roommates with Miles Morales in mm-hmm. that book. Always a Bush League X-Man because his powers, he can make balls made of gold, which he can throw at people or shoot with them. But after a few seconds, they disappear. So you can't sell them or anything. Mm-hmm. They just disappear. Kind of a worthless right. power. Hickman has altered that power where it turns out that in the last issue of House of X, we saw the X-Men strike team with uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, all these guys. Um, Raven. Raven, Raven was right. No. Uh, Archangel, a few other guys. Archangel. Mystique. That's Mystique. Right. All yeah. attacked uh, Raven Darkholm. So that's why you're calling her Raven. Anyway. Yeah. They all attacked the big Sentinel base in the, uh, up by the sun, and they defeated it, but they all died in the process. Some of them very badly. Yeah, some of them very badly, but they all died. And Professor X is boo-hoo-hooing the whole, you know. All right. This issue goes to tell you why. Who cares? It's all pointless, which has been the problem <laughs> with the whole series. Because gold balls. He makes eggs. <laughs> yes, he doesn't make little gold balls. Apparently they're eggs. But by themselves, they're dormant. And they do nothing. But when you mix them with the power of Proteus who has minor reality warping powers, he can make the eggs viable. And then you mix it with uh, preserved DNA uh, from the mutant. It actually impregnates it. And then you have Elixir, who is a healer mutant, and you have him give life to the DNA in the egg, and it grows. And then you have... or did he, And then you have another one make him... But then you... And then you have the one with the tie warping powers. What was her name? Warp time to make them old. Well, to, to make them the age that yeah, they Eva, were when they Eva died. Bell. To make them the yeah. right age they're supposed to be. And so when all five of them work together, they could base... And then they all work together. 
they could basically regrow any mutant who got them full selves killed. As long as ah. they have their DNA on file. But the final touch. The final is... touch is Professor X then downloads their memories back into that. Not just their memories, though, because that okay. would kind of make a robot. Cerebro's main function now isn't mm-hmm. finding mutants. It does that, too. But his primary function, and the reason he's wearing the helmet all the time, is it is actually mapping the essence of every mutant around him. Digital soul backup. Right. So it's a digital soul backup, essentially. So when he downloads you back into your egg, it's you who comes out of it. Here's the question. How do you grow adamantium? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hey, hey, hey Proteus can do it. <sighs> I don't even want to. Yeah, yeah, reality warping. I know. I know. There you go. I know. It's so terrible. So, <laughs> in the first issue, when you saw, like, the people coming the eggs, and he's like, come to me, my X-Men, and he's all this weird pose. That's a scene that happens in this book. So that was, like, foreshadowing this event. And he was crying in the last issue, but they died. Even though he could just, you know, he's going to bring it back in a couple hours anyway. Because it still hurts him so bad inside. <sighs> That's stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know what? If there's some, if I could bring anyone back to life instantly, there are a lot of people I would have shot in the head just because they annoy me. Yeah. And they say, Human I can do that again. Very cheap. You know, life becomes very cheap once you have a reset button. You know, once you could do a save game. It doesn't matter how many times you die. You go back to the save game, you're good. And that's what he's yep. doing. Um, and then there's this whole big scene afterward where, like, these naked mutants pop out of their eggs. And they, you know, they ace... Yeah. Oh, I just forgot his name. Ace Ventura their way out of it. And they're covered in goo, and they're naked at this point, right? So you would think, hey, clean them off, get them some clothes. Oh, no! They're trotted out in front of every oh. freaking mutant on Krakoa, which is apparently hundreds, and more showing up every minute. And the they're like, cult. And they're, and they're like, look, it is Wolverine, the Wolfman, and he returns to us. I know him. What is he? Everyone cheers. Mutant. Like, he's naked and covered in goo. Yeah. That, I, this is where I had to stop reading the book for a minute because, wow, this got full-on cult. Yeah, this is like – this has been a pro- – this whole series has been an issue if you thought the X-Men were heroes. They are freaking cultists. They are evil cultists the ATF needs to raid. All right? They are... They're not heroes. I mean, yeah, Kelly, take the Sentinels because the Sentinels are good. The Sentinels were only built because they're terrified of these people. Because they're issuing ultimatums against the world. Ah! How are they heroes? I don't see how they're heroes. They're not yeah. necessarily villains. They're vigilantes, maybe. But it's hard to get behind them. Because in all these issues they show, it never shows humanity starting it. It's them starting it every time now, saying, well, you were gonna. We saw the future. That's not an argument. Pre-crime has been proven incorrect. Right. So, (laughs) ah, and then, so and they're still naked, by the way, with people showing up. And they're all getting reintroduced to everyone, covered in goo. The neat moment, all right, there's one neat moment when they're being introduced to their cult. One neat moment. One neat moment. And it's only neat if you're a complete and utter X-Men fanboy. Because when Jean Grey is introduced, and Storm is doing the introducing to everyone, she says, what is your name? Marvel Girl, Jean Grey. And Storm says to her, and how do I know it's you, Jean? And she responds, oh, I'm the only me that ever was Aurora. To which she says, 
this is my sister. I know her. And we, blah, blah, blah. Who is she? Mutant. That goes back to right after that, that line, how do I, I know, know you? I'm the was. only me that ever was. Goes back to when she was reincarnated during the Phoenix event. And she ran into uh-huh. Storm in the air. She's like, do I know you? She's like, is it really you? And she says, I'm the, me, the only me that ever was with a smile. Not like the dark, creepy face she shows in this issue. I'm the only me that ever was. She has like a smile, like, I'm the only me that ever was. And they're like, oh, it's you, and they're happy. Everything in this book has a really dark tone. Pepper the Ross is an excellent artist, and Hickman is actually really good at setting scenes. That is not an accident she looks creepy as hell when saying that. That is mm-hmm. on purpose. The whole creepy cult-like thing of this whole series has to be on purpose. Hickman's not an idiot. He's an excellent writer. I don't like yeah, where this is going. Good stuff. It's weird as hell. But he's an excellent writer. And the big finish off is when like all these people are trying to come to the island and Xavier's like, you know what? Just throw open the safeties. Keep the gate open. Let everyone come on in. Woo! And in the end, Apocalypse walks in. Hey, and, hey guys. I, uh, I thought there was free food. Yeah, basic. And yeah. everyone's like, most people are like, uh, that's a, uh, oh, crap. And Krakoa, remember how a couple, if you watch previous Crossroads Conflict, I talked about how when Krakoa was talking to Cypher, he gave this history of, like, there were two islands, and they got split in half, and Apocalypse and his horsemen fought, and there was a big blah, blah, blah. Krakoa, Apocalypse shows up, and Krakoa, like, speaks to him, and he speaks back, because they know each other. They've known each other since before there was time, or some crap. And he's like, so, like, so you're okay here to start any crap. He's like, why would I be here to start anything? This is what I was trying to do. We've, you've showed you're the peak, the pinnacle, the best. This is where you're supposed to be. This is what I was after the whole time. It's like, all right, that's cool, Law, but you know, you still have to say the words to be here. You can't just show up. We need your assurance, you know, that you're, you know, a, what the cult like the rest of us. Yeah. And uh, so he says, I want to get the line. I want to get the line. Get the line. There's also some stupid crap with uh, White Queen. Uh, at the UN meeting, and she's used her powers to manipulate people to uh, vote or abstain. And she's Xavier warns her, you know, there's a cost for things like that. And she's like, yeah, whatevs. But they yeah, make he actually thanked her for paying it. Yeah, she's like, yeah, but oh yeah, but by the way, thank you for doing it. What an idiot. Uh, so, but they're like, all right, we need to hear the words. Says Magneto. Says we submit to the laws of this land, what the be they may, and acknowledge that from this day forward we shall serve a higher purpose than want or need. One people from this day forward with his head bowed. So Apocalypse is now part of the team. Very well, let it be known. Let the word spread. Kako is for all mutants. Welcome home when he shakes Apocalypse's hand. Okay, you've officially joined the bad guys. Actually, no, it's worse. The bad guys have joined you. Yeah, pretty much the bad guys have said, this is what I've been trying to do all along. Great work. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's yeah, a problem. It, it, <laughs> Yeah, if, if the bad guys are ideologically on your side, you should take a minute. Think about what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Should you really be doing it? Doug says, for the extra fighting is 50,000 squatters. That don't matter. Not the first time Apocalypse was an X-Man, though. Well, Junior Apocalypse was an X-Man. Was regular Apocalypse ever an X-Man? I don't remember. X-Men history is so whacked out, especially now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this book's insane. It This issue makes more sense than last actually last issue was exciting these issues are exciting they're interesting but they are nuttier than squirrel poop right 
You know, it's like hearing the, a crazy guy in the corner start telling his version of what happened in Vietnam. It's insane, but it's interesting. Um, or one of the alt futures with the cable. Oh, it's one of the alt futures with the cable. That doesn't count, Mark Hawkman. <laughs> Nate from the Apocalypse timeline. Yeah, yeah. Read the reference above for the 50,000 comment. I don't why I got to scroll up. Uh, it's too much. I can't see it. But the X-Men were fighting against 50,000 squadrons. Uh, cool. I don't know. I don't know what that reference. Anyway, so it's an interesting book. It's fun to read. I don't see how any of it. Oh, Cold Blue Space. No, we have blocked Cold. that from our memories. Yeah. The Cold Blue X-Men. <laughs> so I thought you referred to some X-Men series I hadn't heard of. That's like, oh, yeah, Cold Blue Space, Cold Blue Space. I get it now. The self-referential. The This is interesting. It's fun to read. It's bat crap crazy. I don't see how it pans out into any future storyline. I can't. You can't go from this to Wolverine and Spider-Man teaming up to help Captain America. It doesn't go from there. This is all wrong. And I it has to play out somehow in the end of why this is all wrong and how it gets fixed. Because this is all wrong. Yeah, it's this wrong. is all going to be reset or a dream or something. It whatever. has to be something. It has to be. It has to be. They only have one more issue left, right? Uh, of House of X, not of Powers of X. Oh, okay. Which are kind of linked. And then there's some things happening afterward they've already solicited. Interesting book. I, I have not hated reading any of these. Uh, yeah, House of X has been an interesting read. Powers of X, not so much. House or Powers of Ten, sorry. House of X has been an interesting read. It's been fun, but it's nuts. And I can't see it having any bearing on the future. I can't see this being any sort of collector's touch point where it's like, oh, God, I'm so glad I own that. I can't see that happening. Um interesting read i liked it i did not love it i liked it a lot so it gets four stars <laughs> and pepe Raz's art is freaking amazing i love pepe Raz. marta gracia's colors are awesome the story yeah, wow. is interesting it's so interesting to yeah, read arrow only got three and a half i know this is more interesting Overall, it was a better book this is more interesting okay. this is right. and the art is great the story is really interesting it's well written. It's just bat crap crazy, and I don't see it mattering at all in the future. So, what do you do about that? It's still good. I'm judging as an issue as itself. It's a good issue. It's fun to read. If anyone told you they really loved it, hey, there's nothing wrong. If someone told you it's absolute garbage, I could see them saying that, but you have to counter with the art is really good. In which case, they could say the art doesn't matter, man. The story matters. Okay, cool. That's cool. I don't see you buying comics with crap art. You know, very few people do that. Yeah, if you want, if you want uh, just a story, get a book. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Why you read graphic? Anyway, graphic novels can have great stories. Comic books can have great stories. This is an interesting story. I don't. I'm not calling it great. This is just under greatness. It's just under, because it's so bat crap crazy, and I can't see it mattering. You know, we're not talking Claremonts here. This is, you know, it's nuts. So what are your thoughts? Am I wrong? I'm not. What are your thoughts on House of X number five? Do you think I'm right that it's interesting but insane and can't and will hold no future bearing on anything? Much like Captain America in Secret Empire. Actually, no, that wasn't interesting. That was all crap and had no bearing. So, yeah. <laughs> what are your, uh, do you have a suggestion for other comics to look at future reviews? If you enjoyed this, let me know. If you haven't enjoyed it, hit like to let me know that you'd hated it. So, uh, <laughs> and then comment, I give you a like, but you suck. That's fine. I'll take it. 
Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, Mark says this feels like a story arc where Bishop kills off the world's population while trying to kill Hope. Yeah. And then you're like, well, so what? Exactly. Exactly. Rocket says, this bandwagon, uh, this is a wrong future. It gets erased by temporal backstep. Could be. Could be this just happens and then uh, they all screw up and then it gets fixed in the next life of uh, Moira McTaggart. Who knows? But that's where we're stopping here. Remember, be a legionnaire. Should I play the song? Play the song. Yes, Garthon's comic poll. Garthon polls comics, reads them, tells you about them. And today we're talking about J.J. Abrams' Spider-Man, where we ask the question, what would happen if you gave the muse behind such genius as the Star Trek Kelvin timeline and the Star Wars Disney films, a Spider-Man book? We find out. And what say, let's go further. And what say, we also let his son write it. Because his son really wants to write it, but no one's going to hire him unless his dad's attached. And then he could write a book. You know, and that's part of the controversy. All right, let's, all right, all right. Spider-Man number one is written by J.J. Abrams. And Henry Abrams, his son. Art by Sarah Pacelli, who also worked on Miles Morales, uh, which is an excellent book. Uh, colors by Dave Stewart, and the cover by Sarah Pacelli and Dave Stewart. So, apparently Henry Abrams, who is J.J. Abrams' son, wanted to write Spider-Man. He was told to shove off. But he said, wait, but my dad is J.J. Abrams. They said, shove off. He will be involved. And they went, oh, oh, well, that sounds great. Which, of course, and they had, he... Henry Abrams did an interview with the New York Times. Pretty sure it's the Times. And he, and they asked him about it. He says, I know I've been given a privilege because of my situation, but I, want, but I hope I can show them that I have the talent and skills for this and it will lead to future projects. Which, of course, led to, like, every, <laughs> almost every writer in the world on Twitter commenting, oh, yeah. Apparently, it's easy to break in the comic book industry if your dad's a world-famous director. Uh-huh. You know, all these people yeah. worked their way up from the indies for years to hopefully get, like, a one-shot on a Spider-Man book. And this guy's handed a series. And that's messed up. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What? What? If he's really good, all could be forgiven. The question is, is he that good? Did he make such an amazing Spider-Man series that you go, oh, crap. He should have been there anyway. You know, that's not nepotism. That's not him having an advantage. He's really that good. But because he was, you know, was of the fortunate sperm and his dad's famous, he was able to get that foot in the door a little better, but he deserved to be there. Kind of like uh, with like someone like John Romita Jr., who is a fantastic artist who was recognized early because his dad was a fantastic artist, John Romita. Or you see that kind of thing happen where, you know, someone's offering is also really good at the same thing. Or Colton Herta. I don't know who that is. What are they talking about? IndyCar reference. IndyCar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know IndyCar, except it's fun to watch sometimes. Um, so, here we are. Here we are. Uh, controversy aside, all could be forgiven if this is a great book. I want to say yeah. this first. Sarah Pacelli's art in Miles Morales' Spider-Man is fantastic. Wow, you're starting off talking about another book? This has got to suck. Oh, my God. I'm guessing that her colorist or inker in that book did a lot of great work because her art looks kind of like crap in this book. Um, 
it it's not bad, but it never looks that good like it did in Miles Morales. And I can only blame the colorist, who is just it looks kind of watercolory. They have a whole different style than you saw in Miles Morales. It just doesn't work. All right. Mm. So I don't blame Sarah Pacelli. I I'm a I'm a dick and I'm blaming the colorist for sucking. Sorry. Uh, okay. It actually stops sucking. It, it, it's good coloring. Mediocreing. It just make it doesn't work with her lines. Whereas in Miles Morales, it, everything works perfectly. In this, it does not. Also, what doesn't work is the writing on every level. <laughs> it starts out with Mary Jane yelling "Tiger." It looks like the city's been destroyed, and there's this huge super fight going on. Spider's all beat up. She's like, "Tiger, Tiger!" running after him. Okay. Mary Jane never talked like that in any other book. She calls him Tiger occasionally as a joke. It's not like their turn of a deer where she always calls him Tiger, you know? The very first appearance where they start going out, it's like, face it, Tiger, you hit the jackpot. She was messing with him. Every time she says Tiger, she's messing with him. It's not their term of endearment. Okay, so either, so she decides to run in the middle of a freaking battlefield where he's fighting some psycho villain who we've never seen before. He basically is some power armor with tons of little robots that can come off the power armor going everywhere. Awesome. And, you know, she's like, oh, you're hurt. He's like, no, I need to keep fighting some Spider-Man. I'll, I'll win at the end. And he's like, you need to get out of here. She's like, yeah. And she ends up stabbed in the back and killed. What? what? Yes, remember, this is J.J. Abrams and company. What does J.J. Abrams do to every beloved franchise he gets his hands on? The answer is, he takes a giant dump and wipes his ass with it. That's what he does. And the apple didn't fall too far from the tree on this one. No. Let's give the benefit of the doubt and say he didn't want to do that. But J.J. said, you know what, son? If you're going, you got to go big. You got to kill off the ladies. I killed off the dad in Star Wars, yeah, and yeah. I killed off the dad in Star Trek. We don't have a dad to kill off in Spider-Man. Who could we kill? We could kill Mary Jane. Hell yeah! Yeah, that, is there a fridge? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's rough, but wouldn't surprise me. So, the so they kill off Mary Jane. Uh, then there's a big time skip. Because apparently at this point they are they uh oh they kill off Mary Jane. There's a time skip, and it shows them at Mary Jane's funeral, and they had a kid. They had a little boy. And he's really young. He's like crying at the funeral, and they're like, "Oh, but Spider-Man will will always save the day at the end." Blah blah. He's Spider. Even though she died, and there's this horrible tragedy where this villain came around, but Spider eventually won the day and saved the lives of thousands. And blah blah blah. Then there's a big time skip. To where their son is an absolute unlikable dick. <coughs> Star Trek Beyond. Um, who you can't get behind. He's an unlikable character. He's a douchebag to everyone. But he's gifted. And he's special. He's very smart. And he's he, and everyone calls him a freak because he's weirdly strong. Uh, meanwhile, he never sees his dad. He lives with Aunt May. He never sees his dad because his dad has some business where he has Wait. to travel a lot. Oh, yeah, because Peter Parker would abandon his child after his wife yeah, died. That's oh, exactly yeah, it. that's exactly oh, what that, Peter Parker does. That, that's exactly what that's exactly what would happen. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, he lost sense. his hand in the fight, so he has a hook. Um, he has a hook. He has a hook. a hook. I don't remember which hand. But one's a hook. Um, so he abandons his kid, takes a job where he travels a lot, and everybody gets to see his child. His child is a problem case who no one can handle because he's too smart and too tough. Never seen that in any of his other films. Huh. And 
Peter Parker's a dick. Who's a loser? Um, who's absolutely hopeless? His son is always getting into fights at school. He's like the other guy started, or I was just defending someone. Uh, he's a rebel. Who cares? Uh, then his spider powers kick in on the way home that day, where he can't let go of the doorknob, and the door actually breaks. And Aunt May is there, because Aunt May. And then she realizes what's going on. It's like, I've seen this thing happen before. And she gives him, like, a box for dad's old things. Of his dad's old things. Mm-hmm. And it's like love letters to Mary Jane and things like that. And then at the bottom of it is the old his old Spider-Man suit, which is all torn up. He's like, <gasps> So, okay, so, so in this reality, Aunt May always knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And just kind of rolled with it. The, uh... Peter Parker's a loser who completely gives up on all responsibility and flees from it. Uh, also, there is a vignette with a evil with the guy in the power armor, who you see him like eating ramen, I guess, in a crappy apartment, with like I, some girl in a tube. Uh, think Mr. Freeze. And okay. he, but apparently he needs like the super blood or something to reawaken her, and maybe it'll show up again. I guess he's looking for Spider-Man so he can get his blood to resurrect his bride or some stupid crap. This book is a train wreck. <laughs> the art is not as good as it should be. Sarah Pacelli is talented, but her style is completely cramped by the colorist. It just doesn't work. The characters are completely unlikable and unrelatable. Established characters act nothing like they do in any other media. Uh, it's a terrible book, and the only reason it got made is because of the names of the people attached to it. It is crap. I feel bad about buying it. I It hurt my soul to read it. And the idea that they actually kind of hyped this book a little bit makes me wonder about Marvel's future intention for the Spider-Man character. Um, yeah. I'm going to now say something positive about the book. The cover's made of some really nice cardstock. Um, it's a pretty decently sized book. Um, shiny. It uh, has a big ad for Star Wars in it. No uh, kidding, really? Um, what else? Oh, he has dreams about his mom. Oh, they also introduced like uh, a rebel girl who's fighting against someone who was oppressing women in class and threw paint at him because she's a rebel too and she shaves the side of her head. Um, yeah, I, I had blanked that part, so I just saw it again. Um, there's going to be a next issue, but I'm not reading it, so I could give a crap. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. Does Marvel hate Spider-Man, or do they, or did Disney just tell Marvel, hey, hey, we love this guy. This guy is the best in the world. He's, this guy is huge. He's going to be huge. His name is Abrams. J.J. Abrams and Henry Abrams. They are huge, and you will let them have a comic book. And Marvel's like, ah, I don't really think that's that they're making a comic book right now. He's making Star Wars movies. We love Star Wars. Don't give him his book on that Spider-Man. Well, we don't make Spider-Man movies anymore. All the more reason. Give him this book. He's a genius. He's a genius. He kills Mary Jane. He's a genius. Um... The art's competent. The art is competent. 
Damn, this book is bad, though. <laughs> I can't give it half a star. The art's competent. The yep. art's competent. You gotta, get, you gotta go to one. Yep, that's right. Gotta go. One star. One star. This. I. Does Disney own I, Marvel Comics? Yes, they do. I think that this is the lowest I've ever seen you rate a comic. I think I gave a half star to one once. I don't, I don't remember. We have to look it up. Duncan says, now I have to read number two. No! Duncan, I you you did the same thing with Dragon Pilot. I tried to tell you. You did it anyway. No, he wants and then me to read issue two and talk about it. it. You blame me for it. Or is it just the movie section? No, Sherris, Disney owns Marvel. Period. All of it. All of it. All of it. They 100%. bought the comics. Everything. But what's funny is Marvel Comics doesn't make Disney comics. That's actually... IDW paid Disney for the rights to make Disney comic books. Which is weird. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, one star. The art's competent. I think with a better... With a, with a different... I'm so genteel. With a different colorist. The art would be better. Because Sarah Pacelli's talented. She frames her scenes nicely. But damn, this book is stupid. Yeah, the, the story, the writing, at this point, it's unsalvageable. It's a train wreck from issue one. Uh, yeah. Are you, wait, I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the hook. You should want to read it because the main a character hook. is a dick, but he gets a Spider-Man suit at the end. A hook. There's no hook. I have no reason to read it. I hate everyone in this story. No, 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 no. I mean, Spider-Man, Peter Parker has a hook hand. Yeah, yeah, he does. A hook. He has a hook. They don't do that anymore. No, they don't. But he's so bitter and angry, he does. He Ugh. could get it like a regular prosthetic, but no, no, he gets a hook because he's bitter. He's bitter. And only the hook can express how bitter and inhuman he's become. Because J.J. Abrams also loves Star Wars. Where everyone loses a hand, it has a weird prosthetic. Yeah. Ah! Impotent nerd rage. Oh, God. Yeah, Mark Hawkman. Comics! Oh, my God. This is so freaking bad. I'm still leaving it one star because the art's competent. If the art sucked, I would easily half a star it. <laughs> he could get a real Cyberman for Reed. I don't know if Fantastic Four exists in this world. Do you know who doesn't exist? Mary Jane. Wah, wah. So... <laughs> oh, this book is so bad. I'm sad now. All right, let's move on. So, what do you think of this segment? What are your thoughts on J.J. Spidey? Am I completely off base? Am I? Am I missing the genius of setting up a completely unlikable jerk of a character? Am I completely off base and missing the... The subtle hints of how Peter Parker has lost everything and he can't bear to look upon his child because all does to bring back painful memories of how he failed and he keeps his hook hand to remind him of his inhumanity that he was unable to save Mary Jane who was killed by a hook hand. Oh, no! Um, and what are your thoughts on this? Let me know. And if any suggest your future comic reviews, please let me know. If you want more Garth on, you can find Garth's segments on YouTube. Watch live on Twitch, like, share, subscribe, join for full segments, streams of anime, comics, and games, members-only chat and giveaways, but the Q&A leaves you with members, and YouTube membership counts towards our Patreon giveaway goals, where we do our awesome, super cool giveaways on Twitch. You want more Garth on? Garth and Kawapol segments, Yakuza Kiwami playthrough. That's really cool. It was fun. I'm still afraid. And team-ups. 
with many people. And coming soon, my role recycling. I will make that. It's happening. I'm working on it. Uh, Warhawk suggests Titans. I've heard that's gotten good. So we will see what happens with that. Thank you, everyone. Duncan says, but jerks are oppressed people. Think what they accomplished I recognize their special greatness. <laughs> oh, gosh. Warhawk says, are you going to do another play of Yakuza? Because your card says you are. It shouldn't. It said I did play it. Yeah, it did. If you, you can look back and, and find uh... it. Uh... And Darkstar says, glad you're this epic moment where Garth only tears something apart. Yeah. <laughs> that book is so damn bad. But you know what? It's time for the RNG. It's the RNG statement, my friends. We're talking about the random things that are happening around the world. And today, it is time for the Legion with Party Hat celebration. I forgot my party hat. But that's okay. Because we're going to celebrate goodbye to Tom King. Shana Nana. Shananana. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. You're gone. Bat party hats for everyone. Hey. That is that's a Batman happy face. Uh, 85% less navel gazing. That's Woo. right. <laughs> so, Tom King is gone. That's been known. The reason for the celebration is it has now been formalized that he is no longer going to be there in 2020. They cut his run short. It was so freaking stinky. They cut his run short and gave him a book that wasn't going to exist called Batman and Catwoman. So he can continue writing his stupid bat nipple crap. On <laughs> bat navel gazing. Thanks for hockey. Um, and with and his silly Catwoman storyline, which makes no damn sense and everyone hates, except for like five percent of the populace who just think he's the yeah. greatest thing ever. And they could go read J.J. Abrams Spider-Man together with a freaking Tom King Batman, <laughs> and they could go and have a great big cakewalk through Tenement Square, and I don't give a goddamn when the tank runs over them because they're also too stupid to read comics. So, all right, all right, the, you're at an eleven. We need you at a seven. <laughs> so James Tinney the fourth who's writing the excellent detective comics, who I've reviewed a few of in the past, is going to be taking over Batman, which is good, because he is an excellent writer with a good concept of character who actually does not have... who has Batman as an actualized human being who could unscrew a can of mayonnaise without wondering if his family loves him. <laughs> uh, uh, he actually has, does actually a lot of good work with the Batman's villains as well, kind of opening their character side... Uh, like their motivations, why they do things. He'd had a great run, uh, kind of, I'm not going to say analyzing Two-Face, but kind of going over why he does what he does, how he's a villain, but also not a villain at the same time. He has his motivations. His actions aren't good. In the end, actually, Two-Face is actually motivated by stopping corruption, because that's part of what killed him. He's, But part of his stopping corruption generally also involves Killing lots of folks. Killing people in overcomplex crimes, flipping a coin, because everything is random as well. So it, it was an interesting interesting breed. But great news. Jason Forth is an excellent writer. I'm looking forward to his run on Batman. I will probably start buying Batman again, because he was good. And to Tom King, you know, I say away with thee. Allow not the gate to strike at thee in thine posterior upon exit. <laughs> go! Go! You are no longer wanted here. You could go and have your sadness and your character break down somewhere else. I don't care. Uh, people are still apologizing for the damage you wrought with Heroes in Crisis and every f other thing your leprous touch had in DC Comics. God, Heroes in Crisis. That was so I'm awful. I'm so freaking worked up. The... Ah, just... JJ! Dunking! The... <laughs> 
I think we should have picked a different RNG. Having JJ and, and, and Tommy Boy in the same back-to-back segments too... is not a good plan. Ah, so I'm glad you're gone. I hope your talents are utilized in another book where they'll be more useful. Your run on with the Visions was great. Your Mr. Miracle series is good as well. Stay the hell away from Spider-Man. Oh, that's where he's going next, isn't it? Scott's going, why not? Why not? <laughs> is that where he's going? No. No. But you know yeah. what? It's in the universe now. Yeah. <sighs> My parents are dead, and I never really knew them. Oh, Uncle Ben, boo-hoo-hoo. Oh, God, it's writes itself. <laughs> it's totally it's totally Tom King's Alley. Oh, my it's... God. And then he can have a thing with Black Cat. And they can collect her Spidey Cat. Spidey Cat. Spidey. Oh, God. I'm going to have nightmares now. Holy crap. What have I done? Oh, shoot. The universe... The universe is not one thing. The universe listens to sympathetic vibrations, my friend. Oh, my God. It's out there now. I feel like I've opened Pandora's box and all that's left is hope. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a broken reviewer. You have to say it, heathen dog. I can't do it. Okay. What did you think of this segment? I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Tom King's replacement? <clears throat> Excuse me, not <clears throat> inhale my spit. Not on Tom King himself. We've already we don't really want to hear your opinion on Tom King, but his replacement. Uh, he's his he's run not on a Detective terrible Comics. human being. I'm not saying that. Uh, hey, you know what? That's fine. Uh, but we're, we're just talking about him and his uh, professional uh, his professional life. Uh, and uh, do you have any other suggestions for future RNG topics? It doesn't have to be comics, of course. It could be anything you want. Just it has to fall within the realm of, of nerdiness, and we'll tackle it. So uh, thank you very much. And remember, be a legionnaire. I think I'm going to start drinking. <laughs> Three hook hands out of five. Oh. <laughs> I hate all of you. Tardigrade lawsuit was dismissed. Good. It should have been. That was freaking stupid. Yes. You did something that vaguely looked like what I did, except way more professional and better and actually completely different other than these very <laughs> surface things. And I never actually finished my project, but you owe me money. Anyway. For more RNG, you can check out, like, subscribe, share, join from full streams, anime, comics, games, member-only chat, giveaways, monthly Q&A with Legion with members, and accounts towards our Patreon giveaway goals. For more randomness, uh, anime reviews, comic reviews, game stuff, nerd topics, rants, raves, reviews, nerd opinions, commentaries, dramandaries, that's a camel. If you have any topic suggestion, please let us know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Be a Legionnaire. Where's my whiskey? That's the it. We're at the end. That's it. We're That's at the, the end. end. That's the end. Thank you, folks. Thank I appreciate you all being here. Yeah. Good stuff. Now remember, 2020 is coming. 2020 is coming. So get your get your Gen Con tickets, ticket fingers ready. Because we're going to be there. The whole Legion is going to be there. Are you going to be there? You should be there. Indeed. The ticket registration. Yeah. Ticket registration starts in January, which is only, what, four months from now? Scratch right your hook hand. <laughs> and then uh, activity signups in May. The event is going to be in August, and there you go. 
That's right. So be there. We'll be there. We all hang out together. And if you... God, God. Backslash Truth, Destiny 2, Shadowkeep, a leader channel 2, www.twitch.tv slash leader 2, 1st October 2019. Unless it's delayed again. Like Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Every time. Join us on Discord. Watch us on YouTube.com slash Legion of Get our gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love in your Legion of Gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Follow us on Twitter at Legion of Myth. Watch us live on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Audio version available through fine podcast aggregators everywhere. Remember, everyone, we got goals next week. Next week, everyone. Big giveaway. Follower giveaway. Yes. Next week. Next week. Games will be given That'll away. Be, yes, that's going to be the, uh, the, the the 28th is our follower giveaway. All you have to do is follow the channel, and you can win one or more of four Steam games, at least four Steam games, one of which is going to be Imperion Galactic Survival. And if you are a Twitch subscriber as well, then you get to jump on the Legion of Myth uh, dedicated server and play with us every Thursday or hey, any other day of the week. I'm on I'm on a bunch. Duncan says so he wins you want, he, the painting he wants a charging tardigrade ridden by Spider-Man with a hook hand and a sobbing Batman. Fine, what's going to be your face on Spider-Man? Yep. Thank you, everyone. Remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great barrel novel. Dark says he'll dress Spider-Man. He's already had a hook. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Siders wins the podcast. There you go. And you win today. Winner. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone.